keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. I want to talk about the biggest obstacle for the San Francisco 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals and maybe for the rest of the season. Because even though they've been pretty much unbeatable since their bye week, they have something that's starting to cause some concern. And I don't know how much we could be concerned about this. The 49ers have done a really good job building depth but yeah i'm concerned about injuries because the injuries are starting to stack up on the defensive side of the ball they've even trickled into the offensive side of the ball and with the news of who practiced in today's practice it brings up more concerns because we've already been fearing the possibility of javon hargrave and eric armstead being out now you're talking multiple linebackers potentially with dre greenlaw not practicing for a, a second Great day. Now, there's always the hope that Drake Greenlaw will be able to go in a limited capacity on Friday and set himself up to potentially play against the Arizona Cardinals. But when you start stacking injuries is when there's starting to be concerns. You also look at the offensive side of the ball, and yeah, Spencer Burford is working his way back. That's great. And then Aaron Banks is out. Aaron Banks was in the weight room, not on the practice field. So there are concerns and multiple positions And that's what I want to talk about in this episode. The biggest obstacle for the 49ers moving forward could be injuries. Now, the biggest obstacle for you when betting is if you're not betting with BetOnline. Please join BetOnline and bet today. All the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoffs ready to kick off. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news from pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So why is this so concerning, right? I mean, the 49ers have found ways to win without players all along this season and in the past as well. And this is part of the reason that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan draft and develop the way they do, the way they insulate themselves using the 16-man practice squad, bringing in key veteran players on cheap contracts. They try to make sure they never have a situation where they have a pure weakness on their football team. But right now could be one of those times. And it's not so much that they don't have capable bodies or players that can fill in, but now you're going to see a steady drop-off. And I want to start with the defensive line. Because to me, this is the most glaring issue. You've got two really, really good football players that are potentially missing. Now, I don't know the status of Hargrave. My expectation is that Eric Armstead is out of this game. But Hargrave, Kyle Shannon still said, had a chance. Now, he's missed two practices. Friday will be his opportunity. If he doesn't practice Friday, he's not going in this game. And the truth is, the 49ers need both of those players for the Baltimore Ravens game on Christmas Day. That would also give them an extra day with that being on a Monday night game. 
So an opportunity for both of them to rest up and get more healthy. With Hargrave and Armstead out, you're looking at Kinlaw and Givens starting. Now, neither one of those players are bad, but you're talking about two guys who have been very good in a rotation and very good coming off the bench. With that being said, they play less snaps. So they have to they can give maximum effort for 20 to 25 snaps a game and really do a good job. Now, Kinlaw stepped into the starting job last week against the Seattle Seahawks in place of Eric Armstead. And he did a pretty good job. There were no real complaints. Arm or uh, Kinlaw even had some Armstead-esque plays, right? He had the big tackle for loss, four-yard loss. Um, that was a huge stop against the run. He got involved in the sack game, half a sack, depending on you know who you're going with that gives away these stats. He, but he was right there several times getting pressure on the quarterback and getting pressure on Drew Locke. So I have faith in, in Javon Kinlaw. Here's where it gets a little concerning, though. The Cardinals are one of the better running football teams in the league. They average over 120 yards a game, and James Conner's a physical, bruising runner. And the 49ers are going to be going with a rotation now that has their normal backup guys that are part of the rotation as the starters. So that means now you're counting on depth players you don't normally count on. Last week, Kalia Davis got his first significant amount of reps. The week before against Philadelphia, he had 19 snaps but he really was in a lot of passing situations where he was pass rushing significantly because the Eagles were down, you know, two and three scores at the time. So Kalia Davis first action playing against the run, playing against the pass and the run had a little bit of a different look. It wasn't as good as it was a week before in Philadelphia where he had over a 70 uh, grade in pass rush in the Philadelphia game. He didn't do that in this matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. So now you have a guy in Kalia Davis who hadn't played for most of the season but was elevated because of the injury to Eric Armstead as far as active for the game, a part of the active roster that day. And you've got a guy potentially coming off the practice squad. 49ers haven't signed anyone. They're not adding anyone to the active roster, which means they're going to do a standard elevation. Their options, they have Alex Barrett. He's been a career practice squad player for the 49ers. He's played Defensive end, he's played defensive tackle. They have T.Y. McGill, who they counted on pretty extensively last year. He did a really good job. He's a, a penetrator, a guy that's knifes in there, plays with speed, low pad level, can be effective, and he seems the most likely. And then they have a young guy, Spencer Wagey, and they had brought Spencer Wagey in. He was with the 49ers all through training camp, and he's a guy that they had playing on the outside at DN in college, but the 49ers moved him to defensive tackle. Uh, when they made their cuts, they did not bring him to the initial practice squad. But after some movement on the practice squad, they ended up bringing Spencer Wagey back. I think he's the least likely to be one of the players that's active for this game. I think the most likely is T.Y. McGill followed by Alex Barrett. And when it comes down to it, they have to be effective in stopping the run. I mean, there's just no qualms about it. They have to be effective. Because if Arizona is able to establish a run game and start grinding out some yards on the ground with James Conner, they will make it difficult for this 49ers defense because the defense will have to commit more to helping stop the run. And you potentially have a missing starter on the outside as well, which are various four. You already are on a safety number two with Jair Brown. But also that's compounded by the linebacker situation. So as you can see, it's going to be very important 
for Kevin Givens and Javon Kinlaw. They're going to play the most snaps they've played their entire season, and they're going to have to be effective. And when we get into the third and fourth quarter, they cannot be getting pushed back by double teams. They've got to be taking those things on and keeping those linebackers fresh and free to roam. That's a real concern. Do I know that T.Y. McGill can do it? Yes. But for every great snap that T.Y. McGill has, he has some iffy ones along the way. Sometimes he looks like a world beater, and sometimes he struggles. Him and Kevin Givens are very similar in the way that they attack. Both of them, if they get upfield and they're allowed to penetrate into the backfield, can make really big plays. If they get pushed back, though, if they get locked into a double team, they can get handled. Well, this is one of those things I'm worried about. You went from having two elite defensive tackles and Eric Armstead, who's an absolute monster against the run and a very, very good pass rusher, to going with these guys who are a little bit smaller, a little bit more of penetrators. So Javon Kinlaw is going to have to hold up. Javon Kinlaw is going to have to do his best double-A Eric Armstead impersonation and make sure that he can stop the run at the point of attack. They are going to double-team the interior defensive linemen for the San Francisco 49ers as long as Armstead and Hargrave don't play. So this is one of those matchups I'm worried about. This is one of the biggest obstacles for the 49ers in this game is this defensive tackle depth. I like the fact they have T.Y. McGill, but there's a reason that T.Y. McGill's been on a practice squad. There's a reason why T.Y. McGill's played for over 10 teams in the NFL. Yeah, he's a fringe player, a 53-man guy, but there are some things, some weaknesses. And the 49ers, as far as strength goes, cardinal strength running the football, 49ers strength normally stopping the run, but now you're going to have a real problem at defensive tackle. But please like and subscribe to the channel. I really appreciate it. It does a lot to help me out. Those big time doesn't cost you a thing. If you're listening on audio platform, 49ers cut back on Believe. Of course, that's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now let's talk about another obstacle, and that's the the linebackers now. I mean, I thought that Dre Greenlaw was going to be fine. I really did. I thought Greenlaw was going to be okay. But he got leg whipped, and they're saying that he's dealing with a knee and hip issue. He did play the rest of the game, which usually leans towards optimism that he would be able to play. But with him missing his second day of practice, you have to at least monitor and consider the fact you might not have Drake Greenlaw. You already know you're not going to have your starting Sam Backer in Oren Burks. Oren Burks is not going to be available. Uh, He's going to be out two weeks at least with knee tendonitis. A lot of times when this happens, you have to get off your feet. You have to just be careful because you need to rest it. You need to rehabilitate it and just let the inflammation go down. So he's going to be out for a while with knee tendonitis. We'll see when he ultimately comes back. But now you've got that real problem. Before, as long as you had Frey and Dre, uh, Fred and Dre, you were good. I said Frey, right? Both of them together. But as long as you have Fred and Dre, feel like you're okay because those guys can come up you know, make their plays, they're good in the run game, they're good in, in the in the pass game. And really, when you go to your nickel, those are the two guys you have in that sub package. So they're the ones who play the most uh, because you're in sub package 70% of the time. So having Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner is the most important thing. Having somebody that can step in for Oren Burks, you know, who are those people? Well, I think the first option for the 49ers is going to be Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. Uh, Fowles has been with the team for four years. He's a guy that understands his system. He's played with Fred and Dre, so he understands what they want. He understands what Coach Holland wants from the line from linebacker position. 
he seems the most likely. Plus, he's the one that went in for Oren Burks in the game in Seattle. But what are the other options? Because we have seen other guys get some reps, especially when Dre went out. D. Winters is available and Jalen Graham. Where D. Winters is better against the pass, Jalen Graham is better against stopping the run. And you've got two distinct different styles when it comes to those two linebackers. Jalen Graham gets downhill. He's very aggressive, and he stops the run at the point of attack. Those are great things to like. I mean, he's he's definitely one of those guys that plays tough against the run. But he struggles in pass coverage for the most part. It, it's not terrible. It's something he's working on, but he's not as good as the others. Now, or D. Winters, he's built on athleticism, tremendous quickness, sideline to sideline speed, and right now a little slow at pulling the trigger to come downhill against the run game. You have something that's going to the perimeter, D. Winters is your guy. He's going to run it down. He's going to make a play out there. You get something that's coming more at him, that's where the concern is. But when you're talking about a guy that can play Sam Backer, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles is probably one. But after that, it would probably be Jalen uh, Graham because Jalen Graham plays the run better. And when you're in your base 4-3, the likelihood is you're going to see more run than you see pass. So getting someone that can help you in run fits, that knows where they're supposed to be at the right time, and that pulls the trigger and gets downhill and makes tackles, especially when the play's coming your way, is very important. So I think in the pecking order in the grand scheme, as far as when we're talking Sam linebacker with Oren Burks out, it goes flat get fouls, Jalen Graham, the winners. Unless the 49ers decide to elevate Curtis Robinson, because they stashed Curtis Robinson on the practice squad, they've elevated him before he came up. The main reason was to play special teams. But if you elevate Curtis Robinson, he also has the ability to play any linebacker spot. He's big. He's physical. He can run. And so if you get Jalen Graham and you get Curtis Robinson, you have two solid guys that can help stop the run. Or Once again, are they as good as Orton Burks? No. Jalen Graham, they hope, will be even better than that at one point in his career. That's why they drafted these young guys to be able to step up and learn behind Frey, Fred and Dre and then learn behind Oren Burks as well. So those are the options you have at Sam linebacker. When it comes to Will linebacker, that's when you get real nervous. Because the truth is, if, they, if Dre doesn't play in this game, normally you would have just had Oren Burks flip the Will, you'd have put Flanagan Fowles at Sam, and you would have just called it a day. And Burks would have done an okay job. Burks has gotten better and better in coverage as the season progressed. But without Oren Burks, that's when it gets nerve-wracking. Jalen Graham's not as good in coverage, so that means Flanagan Fowles probably plays Will. And then you go to that same situation, but this time now your Will is really, really weak uh, because he's just not good at stopping the run compared to the others. And he's not, even though he's supposed to be better in coverage, he hasn't proven to be better in coverage. So the 49ers are in a little bit of a predicament here. You're going to be light on the defensive tackle spot, at least one guy, maybe two. And you're going to be light at the linebacker spot, one, maybe two. If you are missing four starters from defensive line to linebacker, this is where it gets really nerve-wracking facing this Arizona Cardinals offense where James Conner and the Cardinals average over 120 yards per game. Because then they could keep themselves in the game with a steady run game. They can make you be aggressive to stop the run by bringing one of your safeties in the box and maybe take advantage with some of their speed on the outside. Hollywood Brown, right? Rondell Moore. They've got guys that can beat you down the field. Greg Dortch 
even you know get some speed, give him some space. We've seen him take it to the house against the 49ers in the past. So it opens up some opportunities if they can establish a run game. And that's exactly what they did to the Dallas Cowboys when they beat the Cowboys early on in the season. They ran them over with the run game. Now, when they went against the formidable defense of the 49ers, when the 49ers were all healthy, they struggled to run the ball. But this is different. This is a injured 49ers defense. This is missing potentially two starters on defensive line, two starters at linebacker, and a starter in the secondary. We already know Jair Brown's filling in for Talanoa Fonga, and most of us have just, you know, been able just to say Jair's a starter now, and we just moved on because we have to. But now you've got Charvarius Ward dealing with a groin injury. Now, he was on the side field running with a trainer. That's good news. There's always potential that he could play. But when you're talking about missing a guy on the outside and a guy with speed, you have to worry. Now, I think as far as physicality, as far as size, this is the game you wouldn't mind missing Charvarius Ward as far as size and, and, and physicality. As far as speed, this is not the game you want to have slow corners out there. Slow feet don't eat in this one. They've got all kinds of speed with Rondell Moore and Hollywood Brown. And they've got Kyler Murray that can run around, extend the play, and throw the ball deep down the field. So we know that they've got to take advantage of Ambry Thomas and Diamond Lenore. The question mark is Isaiah Oliver in the nickel. That's why it's nerve-wracking when you're talking about playing the Arizona Cardinals, who had success throwing the football against the 49ers in their first matchup. But that matchup of Isaiah Oliver versus whoever they put in the slot. If they get a matchup where they get a slot fade on Isaiah Oliver, it might be a touchdown. It might be problems. Because even though Isaiah Oliver's great in run fits and he'll do a good job of helping when they're in the nickel package, and it's probably better if they're in the nickel package compared to the base 4-3 most times, he'll do a good job in run fits. The problem is, what's going to happen when he gets out there and matched up on one of those speedsters? I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be able to flip his hips and run with those guys. I've seen players be able to create separation. This is one of those ones you really wish you had Diamond or Lenore playing nickel. So the 49ers look, you know, at another cornerback. Could they bring somebody up? Could they go with Sam Womack? Well, let's take a look at the options the 49ers have at the cornerback position. Well, first off, we know the likelihood is they could do what they did last week. Diamond or Lenore outside, Ambry Thomas outside, and Isaiah Oliver inside. I think that right there is what they did, and they could roll with that again. So who are the other options? Well, Sam Womack, number one. And people ask all the time about Samuel Womack. And I'm not exactly sure why he doesn't get more opportunities. Uh, maybe they just felt last week for sure that Isaiah Oliver was a better matchup against Jackson Smith and Jigba in the slot, and even Tyler Lockett. Maybe they thought that him being long and physical, that that was a better uh, way to go, especially with the way that he plays against the, the run. Because if you bring in Womack, the likelihood is you're bringing Womack to play outside and you're putting Diamond Lenore inside. Well, when Diamond Lenore goes inside, all of a sudden, you either have DK Metcalf on Ambry Thomas or you have Sam Womack. And there's nothing against Womack, but as far as size compared to DK, uh, that's a huge difference. And I know Diamond Lenore is not the biggest guy, but he plays a lot bigger than he actually is. He plays physical. He battles. He's, he competes. Right now, Womack doesn't play that big. The reason they haven't been willing to move Womack to the nickel corner spot, which I believe he is built for as far as speed change of direction, is he's not as good against run fits. 
you listen to the third and long Eric Armstead podcast, him and Charverius Ward spoke this week about how difficult it is to play nickel corner and why Diomar Lenore should get so much respect for playing outside and inside. He went into the fact that not only do you have to learn all the different things, all the different concepts, the different routes, but then you also have to be like a linebacker. You have to take on offensive linemen. Sometimes you have B-gap responsibilities. That's inside. That's between the uh, guard and, and tackle. So that just shows you the amount of respect that Diamond Lenore has amongst his teammates because he plays that role so good. But he's also your next best outside corner because when he got in the game and Tarverius Ward was out and he was on DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf got nothing. He got 10 yards total in receptions against Diamond Lenore. He gets nothing. Diamond Lenore locked him down. He knocked the ball away. He picked the ball off. Of course, that was taken away by Nick Bosa's offsides penalty, but that you're okay with. So what do you do? You you if you don't go Womack, you have Darrell Luter Jr. He's just coming back from the hamstring issue. He's a full participant in practice. He is big, long, and physical. But we've seen him run down D. Eskridge uh, in that Thursday night Thanksgiving game against the Seattle Seahawks. Just turn and chase and run him down. Shows he's got the straight-ahead speed. Does he have the change of direction? I think he does. I don't know if he's there yet. I don't know if Steve Wilkes feels comfortable with Darrell Luter Jr. playing on the outside. We'll see. Or playing in the nickel. Um, maybe down the road, right? I think they want to count on him a little bit further along. And he's definitely an option. But now you have options also on your practice squad because you just brought back Jason Verrett. Now, are the 49ers just going to turn to Jason Verrett and be like, hey, man, you're elevated this week against the Arizona Cardinals. Traverius Ward's not ready. You're going in. And would they feel comfortable with Verrett on the outside and putting Diamond Lenore inside? That might be the best way to go. Of course, Jason Verrett has the ability to go play nickel corner as well. He's very physical at the point of attack. He makes tackles. Uh, so you, you don't have to worry about him in that category. Now, a lot of people will be hyper-concerned about him playing nickel with the injury history that he has. They won't want him taking any hits or having to deal with guys on the inside. And, and that's, that's fully noted and understandable. But you have to put these guys in the best situations for your team. And I don't know what the status of Jason Verrett is. I saw just a little bit of video. Thank you uh, to guys like David Lombardi for putting out practice video. You can see you don't learn a lot from that, though, right? He's just going through drills less than half speed. Uh, his body looks good, but we didn't really get to see him explode, get in and out of his break. And they don't even go full speed at practice right now. So there's no real way to know where Jason Verrett is unless you're on that team, unless you're in that coaching staff. So we don't know when Jason Verrett could make an impact on this team. But ever if you wanted to test it, this could be the week. You could bring Jason Verrett up and elevate him. The only problem is, we talked about it, you have to elevate a defensive tackle for sure. You might have to elevate a linebacker if you want Curtis Robinson to be up there in case you don't want one of those young rookies getting significant snaps. And if you think for one second that Dre Greenlaw is not playing in this game, and Oren Burks, we know, is not playing in this game, you're going to be elevating Curtis Robinson. So there just might not be a spot to elevate Jason Verrett, which means it comes down to Oliver on the inside, or it comes down to Womack on the outside. It's an interesting predicament that the 49ers are in right now. 
The positions they're stable at, defensive end, they have a plethora of defensive ends. They're going to be comfortable, and let's be honest, they're going to be tasked with playing some inside defensive line when it comes to obvious pass downs. Third and long, they might see a full turbo package this week. You might see both interior defensive linemen come off the field and the 49ers go with four defensive ends. Because if you do that, you probably maximize your opportunities to get to Kyler Murray. Not to mention, Kyler Murray's escapability make it so you need to have speed out there. And as much as I like Javon Kinlaw, and I think he's effective in pushing the pocket, he's not very nimble when it comes to chasing down a quarterback. So uh, going ahead and going with Gregory and Farrell on the inside could be important. Could we see a Robert Bill sighting this week? Maybe. We'll see. Going to be some interesting decisions for the 49ers because that was just defense. Over on the offensive side of the ball, Spencer Burford has been dealing with knee injuries. Now, his first knee injury was on his right knee. He was dealing with that going into the Thanksgiving game. And so John Feliciano uh, stepped up and moved over to right guard. And Aaron Banks was coming off a turf toe injury, and he played a little bit quicker. They didn't know if he was going to be able to go, but he got them through that game. And when it comes to Banks, I don't know if Banks has been right. He's definitely lumbering a little bit more than he used to, and so maybe he's not 100% right now. Well, he did go through practice on Wednesday, but when it came to Thursday, he wasn't on the field. He was in the weight room. We don't know exactly what the status is going to be for Aaron Banks. So Burford is back. Does that mean Feliciano goes to left guard and Burford starts at right? We just don't know. We haven't been able to get healthy on the interior offensive line spot. Both young guards have been dealing with injuries. With Banks, it's a foot. With Burford, it's been both knees. And Feliciano's been playing well. But how many times can you ask him to go from right to left? I don't know. Now they did bring in Ben Barch, and now they've got him up to speed. He was active for the first time last week. And if you have one of those guys out, he's going to be active again. So the 49ers have some indecision there as far as who's going to play guard. And we're going to let this thing play out. I, I hope Banks is starting at left guard because I think Banks and Trent Williams together is the best left side that we could possibly hope for. I like that Feliciano played so well last week, and if the 49ers decided to go with Feliciano at right guard and let Burford have another week, maybe keep him in a reserve role, but start Feliciano to make sure that Spencer Burford gets healthy for the stretch run, I'm okay with that. But if Banks needs to not play because of an injury and Feliciano's got to step up, well, that means they got to count on, on Burford and maybe Ben Barch. It's interesting, the interior offensive line Definitely going to have to make something happen. And that's a little bit of some struggles there with some of the injuries. So uh, that is, you know, some injuries. And then also Elijah Mitchell, remember how he was limited in practice on Wednesday? No one saw him on Thursday. Doesn't mean he won't come out uh, once the reporters leave and maybe he will be available. But the 49ers, we talked about the elevations. If they're elevating a defensive lineman, they're elevating a linebacker. They can't elevate a running back. Jeremy McNichols, TDP, they don't have a third active or a fourth active running back on the roster, which means they could be rolling in that game with McCaffrey, Jordan Mason, and Debo Samuel as the third running back. So injury concerns are definitely the biggest concern for the 49ers. So the biggest obstacle for the 49ers, I believe, in this game is less to do with the Arizona Cardinals and more to do with their injuries. 
49ers need to get healthy. They have four games left before the playoffs. Now, with that being said, if they win and win out, they'll give themselves a much-needed time off getting a bye week before the playoffs. It may be super important for the 49ers to go ahead and win that number one seed. Maybe more important for them than anyone else, so that way they can get healthy and get their players back. Because the truth is, these injuries that are, are befell the 49ers, they're not all that serious. What they are is nagging injuries in the war of attrition that is the NFL. So if the 49ers can get a little bit of time, a little bit of rest, they can be back and better than ever. 49ers offense, you're not facing as many injuries. You're going to be expected to carry the load. And don't think for one second that Steve Wilkes and Chris Kacarek don't believe and don't have the, the thought process and expectation that Javon Kinlaw, Kevin Givens, Kalia Davis, and T.Y. McGill better stop that run. They absolutely believe that. And Coach Hollins, he absolutely believes that whoever steps in at linebacker should go out and make those plays. Now, I will say this. Fred, Warner, don't try to be super Fred. When you do that, you take yourself out of position. And I know you're going to want to make things happen if you're missing you know, your running mates, especially if you're missing Drake Greenlaw. Just play the position. Let your players play it. Trust them. It's going to be interesting and in how the 49ers end up navigating who's in the 53-man roster, you know, who's been elevated, who's in the game day roster, I should say, is going to be quite intriguing because the 49ers have to make sure they mask their injuries and get through this Arizona Cardinals game. And it's not as simple as, well, we're playing Arizona. We should be able to win. Arizona's a divisional game. Jonathan Gannon's team does not give up. They play hard every single time, and they run the ball effectively. So it's going to be interesting. Can the 49ers overcome their biggest obstacle? We're going to find out when the 49ers face off against the Arizona Cardinals. But once again, thanks for watching. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I'm on the push for 5K. If you're listening on audio platform, 49ers cut back on Believe. Please give it a five-star rating. And um, that would be that would means a lot to me. So I really appreciate that. This episode of 49ers Cutback brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Let me know what your biggest concern is about this game. Are you concerned about the injuries as well? Uh, let me know in the comment section down below. But more content coming your way. Game preview show later in the week. Lots of cool stuff. So I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers.